City. And the Richmond Spiders have knocked off the 12th ranked UMass Minutemen. The Richmond Spiders have come to Florida and have knocked off the 13th ranked Gators. Spider victory over 14th ranked California. Richmond 94, Cal 90. Davis to climb for the tie. Puts it on the deck. Head fake, shoots, block. Oh, Long years in the midst of a global pandemic, the Frontline Fanatics podcast is back. We're doing this thing. We are live from the East Coast to the West Coast. Uh, My name is Evan Aldifer. I'm joined by my co-host and the one who is actually qualified to speak (laughs) on anything related to sports media. My man, Andrew Aguilera. Aggie, what's going on? How are you doing? What is up, dude? I don't know about that whole qualification thing. I think we're both equally qualified there, but um, dude, doing as well as, as we can be, you know, during these times. I wish we were watching some Richmond basketball right now because that's what we should be doing. But, you know, unfortunately, you know, that stuff with Detroit Mercy went down and, you know, we kind of, I, I kind of anticipated this happening a bunch throughout the season and we can get into this more yeah. later, but uh, I was kind of hoping it wouldn't happen the first game, so... Uh, but besides that, yeah. all's good. Living in Brooklyn, home for the holidays. So pumped to be pumped to be recording. What about you? Where you been? Yeah, man. No, this is gonna be really cool because I think it's also you and I as friends catching up over Zoom for the first time while also for sure podcasting, yeah. right? Um, with yeah. all this COVID stuff going on. So um, yeah, life's good. I I've been in DC ever since college. I'm actually out on the West Coast right now in California spending Thanksgiving week with my girlfriend's family. Don't tell anyone, not supposed to travel. <laughs> we, we did all the right things, got tested, all of that. I'll be back in DC next week in quarantine right. before I see anybody else or, or doing anything. So life's been good, man. I'm, I'm really pumped to get into this. I, uh, I also wish we were watching some Richmond basketball tonight because we were supposed to kick off the season. And I, I feel like I've been, every time I scroll Twitter and look at like Jeff Goodman, John Rothstein, all those guys, Every day or every couple hours, you see you know, sources, X game is canceled against X yep. team. And I, I was just waiting for Richmond's name to pop up and the program is paused. And thankfully, at least, it's the opponent, not us. So we are slated to uh, kick things off Friday night, or I guess, you know, Friday midday for me, but Friday night for you guys against uh, Moorhead State, which should be interesting. So um, yeah, man, I think, you know, as, as we talk to the, the folks who are tuning in about the direction of, of how we're going to take things, obviously, Andrew and I started this thing as part of a senior project, uh, and we focused a lot on, on Richmond basketball with some underlying themes of sports leadership and uh, team dynamics, fan dynamics. So I think we're obviously going to keep a lot of that. Um, however, we're, we're also going to drift into, you know, just some, some major, uh, major league sports, other sports, and really just life, right? Two friends catching up, talking about uh, whatever we want to talk about. So we'll, we'll try to keep things at least for the first half Richmond focused and then go from there, man. But yeah, uh, sure. anything you want to add about the direction or what you're thinking? I think you hit it spot on. I mean, obviously, you know, there's, first of all, whoever's consuming this, appreciate you consuming this. There's yeah. so much <laughs> out there that you could be listening to watching. So appreciate you watching this. Uh, I want to shout out Don Forsythe for really getting this rolling for us. You know, he's up listening in the, in the mountains. So hopefully he's Darn. enjoying a drink like this as well. But, yeah, besides that, I'm excited to get the season going and, and to make this a thing. Hopefully we'll have, you know, at least one episode every week. Uh, I'm sure if some stuff goes down, whether it's, you know, COVID or another unfortunate injury, which we can get into after, something big, we'll yeah. try to, you know, do a quick quick episode to, to keep the people in the loop. So 
Um, one thing I definitely want to say, Evan and I are not journalists at all. We're not trying to be journalists. I don't think we're not here to break news or anything. We're just here to have a good time and, you know, just try to relate to the common fan as much as we can. So. Yeah. Yeah. And on the, on the topic of journalists, if you're actually looking for professional ish, Richmond basketball content. There's some great people to follow. Noah Goldberg, Austin Daisy, shout out those guys. And then shout out the OG John O'Connor, Richmond Times Dispatch. Can't ever forget about him, our guy. Oh, yeah. Um, he, had quite a, yeah. Uh, he had quite a month of, uh, what was it, December last year? Something, something ha- or over the summer, his, uh, his Twitter got pretty fun there. You're not so. talking about the Twitter likes. Yeah, old man. Oh, yeah. yeah we're we're, we're going to try <laughs> to steer away from that. But that's pretty, that was a pretty funny day and very confusing day for sure. We, we never got to the bottom of that, but hopefully, hopefully we will at some point. Um, so, so let's get into Richmond basketball, man. I think, I think there's so much to talk about here. We could be here for two hours going, yeah. going back and forth about this. Here's where I'm feeling, and, and I'm curious if you're at the same wavelength as me, if you're totally different. But going into this season, this was, this was really the dream year, right? We had a five-senior five lineup. Um, a, a deep A-10, but not any team that really, really scared you. Maybe St. Louis, of course, is going to be really good in Dayton, but, you know, a, a winnable league, in my opinion, and really just everything falling into place. Of course, COVID, you can't control as much as you can, but just on paper, right? We had really everything you could look for in a, in a contending basketball team. And actually, maybe even in COVID, a little bit more advantage because of the fact that you've got – an older team, they've been there before, and they want to win basketball games, right? They're not trying to get used to the college experience with COVID yep. at the same time. Um, we, we really, we got, we got uh, really bad news a couple of weeks ago with the Nick Sherrod injury, and I, I don't really think it, it set in with me as much when it first happened, and even in the past couple of weeks, just thinking about how it affects the team. Um, but I really think that not having Nick in the lineup is going to be a big struggle for the guys. Not saying that our chances are doomed of winning the A-10, not going to be a tournament team. I still think we should be a top three team in the A-10 and hopefully a bubble team at the minimum. But I do think it's a bit of an oversight to think that we're automatically going to be fine with putting someone like Tyler Burton in the lineup to take the place of Nick Sherrod and all of the, the value he brought to the team. Um, what do you, what do you think about that? Are you, are you, are you similar to that? Or are are you still riding high in terms of the preseason, you know, hopes that we've gotten? No, I'm totally with you. Um, you know, Nick has been a huge player for us. He's definitely come a long way. Um, ever since his freshman year, he was, you know, still starting and still great his freshman year, but he was really hitting big shots that sophomore season, really coming through for us in the clutch and to lose that, you know, two, for two years, it's, it's really rough. Um, hopefully, you know, he'll be able to get granted a, a waiver to come back next year and get one more shot at it. But, you know, for him to not be on the court with this team is tough. Um, I think as a leader, as a big shot maker, and to now have, you know, what would have been a senior and now a sophomore step into that lineup, it, it's going to make a difference. I mean, Tyler, you know, is great. Uh, I know Mooney's really high on him. And it looks like just from looking at the team photo, he's definitely gotten bigger over the last year. Yeah. So he's been, he's been hitting the weight room. Um, but, you know, his shot is still – we still got to see what it is. We didn't get to see him take a lot of shots – outside of the paint last year so we got to see what's what's happened there and you know I'm, I'm rooting for him I hope he hope he does a great job and fills in great but not having Nick be a part of the squad is definitely going to be tough and it's got to be tough for him too you know he's losing probably two of his better friends on the team after this season and not being able to play with them is going to going to be probably pretty rough for him so I'm wishing him the best um, I think he's got a surgery coming up soon so hope it goes well yeah 
No, I, I completely agree with you. I think, you know, for Tyler's perspective, he's not Nick Sherrod, right? We, we just know yep. that Nick Sherrod is a big time shot maker. He's a consistent high percentage three point shooter, underrated rebounder and an underrated post game for a six, four guard, right? He's not going to, he's not playing above the rim. He's not locking down your best player, but he didn't need to do that for this team. I think Tyler brings in unique strengths that, that Nick didn't have, which is those two things I just mentioned, being an above the rim player, being an above average defender. And if Tyler even can come in and shoot consistently, even in the low 30s from deep, this Richmond team's going to be really, really good because Tyler was already going to get his minutes anyway. So I think yep. if we can find a consistent big-time shot maker, if it's from Tyler or the other guy step up, um, I think we'll be all right. And the good news is we still have, the, in my opinion, the best defending guard in the country and Jacob Gilliard. Yep. We need to get a live stat number on how many steals he is away from the all-time Division One steals record, which is insane. Yeah, that, that, that is close. nuts to I think, think about. Might be just over 100, and he was on pace for that last year before the shortened season. So I think Jacob's going to score a little bit more this year than last year with Nick out, but he's still going to do all the things he always does. Grant being the iconic big man in the Chris Mooney-Princeton offense, we know what he's going to bring. Blake, a volume scorer. Hopefully he can take a little bit better shots this year. Um, but I'm not worried about those two, you know, in the backcourt fitting in. And then Nate Ko being the ultimate glue guy in terms of being a four that can, that can play defense, get, you know, high percentage shots and run the floor. Um, I think in terms of the, you know, the, the, the players that we've known and, and seen play consistent minutes for the Richmond Spiders, we're going to get a lot of, you know, good from them. Um, but as we mentioned with Tyler, we're going to have to rely on some new faces or some additional faces that, that we might not have been, thinking coming into the season we would need as much help from so yeah who are some guys that are popping out to you Andrew that you think are going to you know be consistent at least consistent bench players or have have the x factor for this team if the starters aren't getting it done or if we need to go deeper into the bench yeah I mean I think Andre coming off the bench is going to be huge um he's given us some really good minutes the last couple of years and I think his shooting is very undervalued he can he takes smart shots he's out there shooting and when, when he's hot you know he can he has a ton of versatility and can really make a difference for this team. And he really fits into this offense. Um, surprisingly, I think Matt Grace is going to get a lot of minutes this year. Mm. Um, I feel like Grant played a lot of minutes last year and we're going to need him a lot on the floor, but you know, to prevent injury and just make sure he's, he's, he's out there getting effective minutes. I think there's going to be a lot more of Matt Grace on the floor this year. And I think Sal Caressi as well is going to get big playing time. Uh, I personally have not seen a ton from him. And I'm interested to see, you know, the developments he's made in the last season or two. But it'll be interesting to see. I think those are going to be the primary three guys off the bench. So I'm probably thinking, I mean, rotation-wise, I don't really see Mooney getting a lot of guys in there. He likes to keep a tight rotation. So I think keeping to that, like, eight or nine maybe, maybe getting Andre a decent amount of minutes and then getting some of the freshmen in there when we can. But besides that, I think it's going to be an eight-nine rotation the whole, the whole season. So we'll see. What about you? Yeah. It was, I'm just like you said, I'm hoping Sal Caressi isn't foul Caressi like he's been the past <laughs> three years. Because I think at one point we were looking at his per, per 36 stats or whatever the college version is. It might be per 40 or whatever. He had like 11.2 fouls per 40 minutes because Mooney <laughs> would just put him in for Golden when he need, when we needed to get some fouls or just yep. get, get him some extra rest time there, with someone out the line. Immediately, yeah. Right, right. He would immediately foul two or three times. What is interesting though is, is uh, you know, that – Andrew and I tuned into a um, Zoom webinar that the Richmond Athletics Department hosted with Coach Mooney and Coach Russell from the 
uh, from the women's team. Shout and out I Bob asked Black. a question on there that, yeah, shout out Bob Black. Um, I asked a question on there that, that was asked and answered by Coach Mooney. I asked him outside of the, you know, the people that we know, who do you think is going to be the under the radar X factor for this team and play a really big part? And he said, Sal, without really thinking too much about it. So I would love that because if you, if you remember back, Sal was a pretty highly ranked recruit coming out of um, New York. I think he went to Iona prep, um, yep. you know, coming into, coming into Richmond. And you're right. We haven't seen a ton from him yet. And I think he's a really capable player. He's long, he's athletic. So if he can come oh, he's, in, he's and, long. You know, he's long. All right. He's very long. Right. <laughs> Between him and Matt Grace, if we can not feel nervous about taking Grant out of the game, that's huge. Right. That's yep. huge. So, yep. um, yeah, I'm in agreement with, with him being with Coach Mooney in terms of if he plays better than we've seen, that's just another, you know, another good thing to look forward to. 100%. Let's look into uh, one thing. Go ahead. Go, no, ahead, go ahead. ahead. No, you go. You go. Oh, yeah. One thing. One thing I was curious about too that that coach had had brought up a couple times in that that meeting we attended was he was really talking about some of that. Of course, we want to. We're curious about the freshmen uh, with a senior laden team, but also thinking about okay, what's twenty twenty one Richmond basketball going to look like? Losing five seniors, um, a lot of key players. Um, it kind of gives us a breakdown of the freshman class, the incoming class. It's something Andrew and I always like to look into and understand what we're getting. It's pretty clear that the standout player of this class is, is going to be the freshman point guard, Isaiah Wilson, out of, out of Pennsylvania. Yeah. Um, Coach Mooney was really quick to mention that, you know, he's competing against two all A-10 guards in practice every single, every single day and Jake and Blake, and he's showing up, taking it personally, working to get better. Looks like he's going to be the um, Richmond point guard of the future, taking over the reins from Jacob, and it'll be great for him to get a year as an understudy. I think Jacob kind of had a similar experience like that with um, with Chandre. I think Jacob had to play a little bit more when he was a freshman, but he still did get to learn under that a little bit, and hopefully we get a nice transition. Um, I think Jai Bailey is going to be a big question mark. You know, a guy that goes to an ACC school like Wake Forest, um, it's a pretty big get for Richmond just on paper to be able to bring yep. a guy like that in. Hundred um, percent. So he's not totally healthy right now. I think uh, for what Chris Mooney was saying, he's still working uh, back from an injury. But hopefully, he'll be able to give us some wing depth again. Because once you look past Tyler and Andre in terms of the, the three position, or maybe even the two, it's not a lot there, right? So between him and and um, Connor Crabtree, another younger guy, or not a younger guy, but another newer guy to the team, I think it'll be really interesting to see how that rotation develops. So what do you think about what do you think about Connor and and Andre to kind of round out the newcomer list there who we think would, you know, might have a chance to, to see some action. Yeah. I, uh, I had a chance to watch, you know, all the freshmen, some of their film, uh, some of their highlight mixtapes on YouTube and uh, definitely <laughs> all these guys have, have some ability for sure. Um, it's just going to be about how much they can take advantage of the weight room and, you know, getting shots up. And like Mooney said, if you're not going to be a gym rat, then you're not going to want to come to Richmond. So I have a feeling all these guys mm -hmm. are going to be in the gym working hard, especially with that ridiculous Queely Athletic Center we have now. But I think all Isaiah. Queely. Oh yeah, the legend. I think <laughs> Isaiah Queely does though. it again. His, uh, he's I got think a great, too. He's got a good-looking shot. Um, reminds me a lot of uh, from just from what I've seen and from his high school tape. Um, you know, he's he's great in that transition pull up right around the free throw line. Brought me back to Kendall Anthony. That was his signature oh, move all the time. Signature so I hope move. that's. It's, I mean. Those are big shoes to fill, but I hope he lives up to that. Um, he's a great yeah. finisher, and I really think he's going to be the guy to step in next. Um, 
I think Andre Weir actually could be a nice piece as well. He's big, man. He is built like a linebacker. I think he's like 265 yeah. listed tackle, on Richmond. Man. Not a linebacker. Yeah, dude. <laughs> yeah, a lineman, dude. He is giant. Um, he, I was watching his tape. He reminded me a lot of TJ, just the way he's able to pass mm-hmm. it out of the middle of the court. Right, if we can run that offense through him like we used to run TJ with passing and cutting, I think that'd be great. Um, watching Connor Crabtree as well. He's kind of a question mark with the injury right now and that hip surgery, yeah. that double hip surgery he's had, which is – got to be really hard to come back from because you know i have horrible hips and i can already tell and imagine trying to play college basketball all the time could not do that but in his limited time at tulane he seemed to be a decent catch and shoot guy he can shoot the three seems to cut well to the basket which is what our offense is all cuts so i'm excited to see um i don't think a guy uh, i'm not gonna say i don't think he'll play but um quentin southall i watched him he plays really hard he he pushes the fast break too and he's quick on the baseline but just not sure how many minutes he's going to get. Then again, I'm not in practice. Yeah. How these guys are performing, but that's just going off the tape and what, what I think our rotation is looking like. But pretty excited. I mean, these guys definitely have some potential. I remember when these guys committed watching their, their tapes like years ago and being like, all right, this is it. Like Richmond's back. So hopefully, you know, yeah. they'll in the coming years and, and we'll have some, uh, some good contributions this year. So have to wait and see, of yeah. course. And, you know, if someone gets hurt or, isn't playing well. We'll have to see those rotations, but just hope it's not like a Jordan Andrews Madrid type oh, situation God. where we, get a good, we thought he was a good, exactly <laughs> thought he was a good transfer and just didn't work out. So yeah. hoping, hoping it's more of a Marshall Wood just because Marshall's the boy, but three Wood, man. Yeah. It's, uh, I actually think like, you know, you mentioned Andre, I think it's interesting. I think there's going to be a lot of pressure on Looney to develop him pretty quickly. Cause again, if you think about it, how excited are you about a Matt Grace-led Princeton offense next year as the big man, right? Or even a Sal big man. And again, Scared, this is, as excited. Andrew and I said, yeah, we're, this is not, knock, not knocking the people, the player, but we're just thinking about, you know, third-party observers of a basketball team. So I think, like you said, if Andre can step in and start to take that grant role from when he's gone next year, that's really, really big for continued success as a program. Or – Chris could also look and the team could also look to bring in a grad transfer or just a transfer that might be able to get a little bit more done for us. So I think that's going to be interesting to see how they develop. I think for some guys, like you said, um, you know, they might not get a ton of minutes because just of how deep this team is, even losing Nick, we're still deep, we're still old. And Mooney doesn't like to make, have a very, very deep bench if he doesn't need it. But again, if they're getting the right reps in practice against a top two roster in the A-10, these guys are going to be ready to go moving forward. So Speaking of top two roster in the A-10, um, let's talk a little bit about how we're looking these, these next two games. I think we can just keep it right now to the, the Bluegrass Classic, um, <laughs> and then we can, you know, for our next pod after that's wrapped up, we can talk about our um, other non-conference games because we've, we've done a great job, made, made a very, very competitive schedule. Um, yep. So what have you seen on Moorhead State? What are you, what are you thinking about them and, and how we match up against them for, uh, for the game on Friday night? Yeah, I watched some of their film. Um, I really don't know, man. I mean, there's some, I mean, I feel like it's going to be the first game of the season, so it's going to be hard to really evaluate a team based off what they were last year. Um, but they're definitely bringing in some some guys that are quick. I watched just I can't pull the names right now, but I've watched some guys. They're hustlers. They're going to play hard. They know that this team has a lot of hype. This Richmond team, which I personally don't love. There's an article every day on Twitter. I see. Richmond's the team, Richmond's the team, New York Post, Joe yeah. the Indy Cats, and that just feels like it's setting yeah. up for a huge letdown. But <laughs> I'm going to say, you know, we'll see what happens with Moorhead State. I think not playing Tuesday or not Wednesday today 
is probably going to have an effect. Um, I think getting one game and then facing those guys would have been good, but um, yeah, see what happens. I think that's a toss up. And then Kentucky on Sunday on ESPN. I mean, I was watching that clip Noah Goldberg posted with his question about uh, John Cal- to John Calipari, and you know, I, I didn't love how much he said he was scared of Richmond, and that makes me scared yeah. that we're going to get absolutely demolished by them because he seems like they're going to be prepared. But it's like it's the Kentucky thing every year; it's the one and done. So none of these guys have really played before. So we'll see. Maybe we can surprise them now that we have some experience, and maybe we'll we'll pull out a dub there. But not too confident going up against the number 10 team in the country. But then again, like always the first couple of weeks of college basketball, anything can happen. So we'll see. I think they're both toss up games. I really don't know how either it's going to go. I, think, I know I'm going to be on the edge of my seat for both, no matter what happens. I think Moorhead and Kentucky actually might be playing. If they're not playing right now, they're playing soon. They played today in Kentucky won by uh, 36 points. So yeah. So I'm not feeling I great mean, about the Kentucky game. <laughs> So, yeah, so I just looked up. Moorhead is 320 in Ken Palm. And just to remind our folks at home, I think there's 357 active um, D1 programs. Uh, Moorhead comes in one above Dixie State. <laughs> Not sure I've ever heard of them before. Dixie as much State as I tune into. Yeah. So I think we'll beat Moorhead by 20, 15, 20. I, I, and this isn't me being unrealistic, but I just don't think they're good at all. And we have beaten some pretty bad teams last year that we should have beaten. Um, so, again, I'm, I don't want to look ahead to Moorhead or from Moorhead State to Kentucky. I am going to pay really, really close attention to how the offense flows, the rotations. One really under-the-radar point about Richmond last year was we were really, really strong defensively, which is uncharacteristic for us. We've always been an efficient, strong offensive team, but we played great defense last year if you look at the numbers. So. I'm hoping that that carries over and we just execute on both ends of the floor. It's going to be interesting. I, the game, I, uh, or so for the Kentucky game, I have a, my flight back to the East Coast um, five minutes before the game's supposed to tip off. So I'm going to be buying that $20 Alaska Airlines flight internet to be able to tune into that while I'm basically, uh, 30,000 feet. You're basically going to have pay-per-view for Richmond basketball. There we go. Yeah, exactly. Um, but like you said about Kentucky, um, if you buy into the unknowns of this year, the unknowns of COVID and the value of having a senior led mature experience team that's been there before, it's going to be a toss up in my opinion. If you buy into that, if you think that these yeah. Kentucky guys are going to come in, they don't know each other very well. They haven't practiced normally like you would. They're still accustomed to, you know, Hey, what dorm am I in? <laughs> Can I go there? You do I have to have my mask on. Like I can't even imagine what these guys have to do. Yeah, I know, at least from hearing our guys talk, that they just want to play basketball games and win games and show yeah. that they, they've got unfinished business from last year. They're dying However, to play. If you think about it, right, right. If you think about it in terms of just pure talent, I think that um, I, I think that Kentucky, you know, guys like B.J. Boston, Terrence Clark, I think are the two big names for them. If they come out and play like five-star prospects that they are, we're going to look unmatched. So – I don't know. It, honestly, man, I just want to say I think it's it's really cool that you and I get to watch Richmond play Kentucky because if you if yeah. you talked to us three years ago when we were doing this podcast, we would have laughed and, and said there's no way it would even be a competitive game. And this was these were supposed to be home games, right? We're gonna have Kentucky in Richmond. Yeah. Oh my god! I think so. I, I think that I think that's right. I think that's what Bob Black said the other day. I'm not 100 huh. sure, but can you imagine like being at school and 
saying Kentucky is coming to play at the Robin Center, like, no, I'd probably shit my pants. I'd be like, oh, this is this is so cool. <laughs> the coolest, the coolest guys we got were like Jacksonville State at like one p.m. during right. my leadership class. That's so funny because I was literally just going to say I used to get excited for Jacksonville State to come to Richmond. Wasn't that the and game we, we lost game. by like forty-five points? <laughs> We skipped class on Monday at oh noon. We, we, both, we both skipped class to go to a Monday noon game. Oh, I, I want to – so, okay, Google this for me. Yeah. Norbertas Giga, N-O-R-B-E-R-T-A-S-G-I-G-A, was their best player. He dropped like 30. Like, am I right? Did I get it right? I, you're muted if you're trying to I'm call. muted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There that's right. That's right. <laughs> so he's he uh, he's like a Lithuanian 25. professional basketball player now. Yeah, and you and I, we were like, we had no idea who this guy is, and he was actually getting NBA looks. And I think that game might have also been, like, the elementary school day where oh you couldn't my, even hear yourself That was miserable. Think. That was miserable. <laughs> so, oh, my God. Look, I think it's, I think it's really cool um, that, that we can even say we're playing Kentucky, and then we won't get into things too much right now, but West Virginia, Iowa, uh, Northern Iowa. Yeah, that, um, game was, that, game was a se- that game was a season high in points, 18 points. Yeah, he killed us. He was, he was almost three years ago. Almost three years ago to the day. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy to think about yeah. that. Um, but yeah, I, I think uh, I think it's going to be a good game. I was texting my friends. I think the line for this game is going to open at at seven. And I told okay. them, interesting. I just saw the game from Moorhead. Rich- is is Richmond four and a half? Is the opening line for that game? That's it. Yeah, I might have to come out of. Wow. Re- I might have to come out of retirement after my tough uh, September and October. I might have to come out of retirement. I was going to say, am I, am I contributing to a, to a recovery <laughs> effort here? <laughs> no, 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 yeah, man, four and a half. That's what, that's what I'm seeing right now. That's also like a sketchy odd site because, you know, the game's not for, yeah. what, two days? So there I won't be think, a real line, but that's yeah, crazy, four and a half. I was going to say, 320 in Kempom, and I think Richmond's still in the 60s or 70s. Um, and then, my, you know, I, I think the Kentucky game, people are saying it's going to open at about seven in, in favor of Kentucky. I said I would take Richmond six and a half or, or higher. Anything lower than that, I'm not taking Richmond. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, that'd be crazy because, I mean, the Wildcats were – Kentucky today was a 24-and-a-half-point favorite against Moorhead. So, to only be a seven-point, that means we should, blow, we should blow Moorhead out. I think we Maybe should. Maybe I'm wrong. I Maybe they should. won't keep it close, but who knows. But uh, you and I have seen way too many close games against teams. I've, seen way, uh, I've seen way worse. I'm, I don't expect anything ever, so – well, here's the thing. I think this will be interesting to talk about a little bit. I've seen a lot of stuff on Twitter, and I think it was uh, the Athletic College Basketball. I forget who the writer was. But there's an article that came out recently about Coach Mooney that was something like, they oh, called yeah. for his name on billboards. How do you yeah. like me now? Hold on. All right. So the funniest thing, I know that he's going to be listening to this. I got to pull it up really quick. Actually, <laughs> hold on. So, so if you follow me on Twitter, at Aggie All Day, um, or Frontline Fanatics, you uh, – you know, I'm usually running that account. In the past, I have had some tweets about Coach Moody that maybe weren't the nicest. But let me see when this article came out. Um, this is great. This is great radio right here. Great radio. All right. No, this radio. is four days ago. I get a tweet from this guy who follows me. I bet he's going to be listening to this. Guarantee. Shout out Martin Feely. Let's read his bio. Special Martin. for the FBI. Spokesman for New York FBI and proud Richmond alumnus. So we've definitely got into no it. No way. Yeah, yeah, we've, we, I've looked him up. He's on the FBI website. He's like a media coordinator. It's no hilarious. Way. <laughs> so I'm like on a run, just got my COVID test before I'm about to come home. And I get a Twitter notification. Uh, Martin Feely added you on Twitter. 
<laughs> it posts the article, the headline from The Athletic. How do you like Chris Mooney now? I don't pay the $6 for The Athletic, so I am not reading the article. And he, tweets, and he tweets it and goes, how do you like Chris Mooney now? At Aggie all day. So I clearly have some pretty big space in this guy's head that when he thinks of Chris Mooney, he thinks of me. So I'm glad that my Twitter and podcasting is working. Martin Feely, shout out. Hopefully we can have you on the pod as a caller one day. Yeah, I was going to say shout out to Martin. We're going to reach out and try to get him to call in. But Martin, here's my, my and Aggie, I think will agree with this. This is here's the, our uh, this is the official you. Martin Feely FBI segment brought to you by the FBI. <laughs> here's our message to you. Three years ago, Richmond basketball was in a place where we lost to Longwood at home. I think that was our season over. <laughs> oh, man. We, we actually, we, we, we lost to Delaware at home the year before that. We'd lose season openers. Shout out, shout against, out St. Joe's, Ryan Daly, the GOAT. We'll get into him in a little bit. <laughs> but as Richmond students, I think Andrew and I were both pulled to the university as sports fans by the fact that, hey, they had that, non, or that uh, tournament run when we were in, I think we were in like eighth grade or ninth grade right around then. It's a really good academic school and a small school, but especially the basketball team, you're going to get some quality basketball. We saw a little bit of that in the first year or two, but toward, you know, towards our, our second and third years, we just started to see the same consistent problems of no offensive rebounding, no defense, playing the matchup zone all the time and just getting burned by it and consistently dropping games in non-conference that we shouldn't have dropped. Right. And so at what point, Sure. Did things get a little crazy? The whole billboard thing? Yeah, that, that was a little crazy, right? But I think it was so easy to get caught up into it because we expected so much from, from this team. Oh, also we'll add getting parentally blown out by VCU and not even being a, a <laughs> competent rival to that, yeah. right? And so here's, where, here's what I'll say to Martin. Chris and the other, and the other like? uh, Chris Mooney supporters, not that we aren't Chris Mooney supporters, but to those that have come at us because we are not, consistently backing up a coach who's paid millions of dollars to get us places that we haven't gone in years, AKA the Jim Harbaugh syndrome right now. Continue. <laughs> no, you're right. I was going to say, look, I think Chris Mooney can say, how do you like me now? Because here's the thing. Another big issue for us was having a consistent program that consistently brought in D one caliber players that stayed with the program and it contributed, right? There was a lot of guys that came in that were out in a year, out in two years, and they never yeah. should have been D one players in the first place. But let, let's think about it this way, right? Jacob Gilliard, huge hit. Grant Golden, huge hit. Blake Francis as a transfer from Wagner, huge hit. Nick Sherrod, homegrown guy, huge hit. Now you've got uh, Nathan K.O., Tyler Burton, not as well-known as the other guys, but those are still good players. Andre Gustafsson yep. from Finland, good hit, right? So he's built a competent roster, and we should make it to the tournament this year. And if we do... I think Andrew and I, I mean, we'll back off, right? We've kind of backed 100%. off already because he's, he's put us in a really good position. Um, but either if we don't do that or if we do that next this year and then our team next year is, is a ragtag, you know, put together team that isn't going to finish top eight in the A-10, we're still going to ask some questions, right? So yep. Yep. It's, a, it's a touchy subject, man. I don't know if you've got anything else to add to it. I think people do have the right to say, hey, those who are doubting Mooney, how do you feel now? But I, I don't think we're completely out of the woods yet, I guess. Is yeah. My point. yeah. So what I have to say about this is, you know, for me, I'm a pretty results-oriented guy. Um, <laughs> and, you know, words don't mean a ton. Sure, we had a good team. We had what was looking like a really good team last year and a potential tournament team. 
So that's great. But what's that one year in the last like six years that we've actually like been consistently like in, in every game, like fighting to get to the top of the tournament. So, you know what, what we had like 21 wins, something like that last year before the season was canceled. Yeah. I, don't, I don't totally remember. I'll look it up. That's great. That's phenomenal. But like, I don't know what was going to happen from that because of COVID. So, you know, it's great that we've brought in some solid guys and I love being saying, look, we're number one, we're favored to win the A-10. But at the end of the day, what are we going to do on the court? We could be favored to win the A-10 and come in sixth in the eighth and behind like George Mason. Like that's the type of stuff we've seen. <laughs> we used to go into, we used to go into games and probably five minutes into the game, I would know if we were going to win or lose that game. Like, yeah. I could just tell the way we were playing, the things we were doing. We got this running down the court, two, 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 every play on defense. Like it, I, I could just, it was, it was so predictable. So I don't know. Yeah. I, I really hope I'm wrong and I hope we make it and Mooney's revered. And I know he's totally a, a player's coach. The players love him, which is great, but yeah. you know, it's, it's tough when you don't get results as a fan and I'm sure they want to win too. And so I'm rooting for the guy. I mean, it's just tough for me because I want to see this program succeed so badly and I will pretty much do anything to see it change to be successful. So that's all I have to say. Yeah, I agree with you. Look, I think ultimately on this, if we got, God forbid, if we beat Kentucky, but even if we play Kentucky really close and look like a good team, and then again, West Virginia, I think is a lot better than us, but if we show up yep. there and, and after a few games, if we look really good, I'll bring back hashtag hire Mooney, man. Like I'm not, a, like you said, I'm not afraid of that. Bring right? it back. Bring uh, it back. <laughs> yeah. As long as it's not another tenure, we you know, I think we've learned our lesson from that. Like I said, he's a good guy. He's a great representation of our program. I think he's a good recruiter for the most part. So we never want to wish bad on a coach or bad on our program. Uh, but for a while there, we were just fed up of seeing a matchup zone get destroyed every game. Yeah. And yep. the same – look, the Princeton offense can't really be stagnant because the whole point of it is it's never stagnant. But yep. it got to the point where people knew what we were doing. And it's changed a little bit now. And, and I think the offense and defense both are much better. It's partly because we actually played man defense, like a real college yep. team. And Chris <laughs> Mooney did say in that video that we will primarily be running man this year. So that's, that, that makes me a little bit more confident. Which is great. Yep. So look, I think to close the loop on Martin, fair <laughs> enough. We'd love to have you in and, and we can have you as a third little screen here. You can yeah, have your Martin. point. We can get an FBI. Slide in, we can run slide an FBI in the ad in the middle. Slide yeah, in the DMs. We can, we can run an FBI ad in the middle. But look, I think um, – there's a lot to be excited about, but let's get on the court and, and see how things go and, um, you know, see, make our verdict from there instead of all, like you said, all the preseason hype and all of that that we've seen. 100%. But I am very excited to see this team. It's been over 250 yeah. something days and I'm ready to see what we got. So we're yeah. going to go and po- was, we're going to be positive this year. Positive yeah. until no. it falls apart. <laughs> then it's going to be maybe negative again, but I will start positive. Right. Guarantee we're both positive. We're both really looking forward to this. It was so awesome to have college basketball back this year. Um, I think you, like you said, COVID's going to be tough. You know, we could, we could wake up on, on Saturday morning and not play Kentucky the next day. Right. We could yep, lose 100%. our whole non-conference. They could wipe it away. I am um, worried about that. I am worried about non-conferences because I don't think we're going to, it's not going to be easy to reschedule those games. And I think it's going to kind of be yeah. who in our region is available to play. And maybe we just play anyone. Like maybe we're playing Duke yeah. in a month. Because they got like <laughs> 10 games canceled. We have games canceled and, you know, it's a three-hour drive. That would be great. I would love to see that. That would be an incredible yeah. watch. <laughs> yeah. No. I, <laughs> I don't even want to get into that because it's so ridiculous, but that would be unreal. No, me <laughs> well, look, one thing we do know is that they're going to play the tournament this year. No matter when it is, 
or how it is, the NCAA cannot lose that much money again like they lost. They're going to Indy. They're going to Indy. Yeah. Look, they pushed through college, and they're pushing through the pros, and they're going to push through this. Um, So we'll see. I think we're going to have a lot to talk about after we actually see Richmond play. Um, It's it's one thing to just talk about the – what we see on paper and what we've seen in the past, but like, and four like minute, you know, and four minute year, highlight videos on YouTube. Right. Nothing is, is nothing is given. Nothing can be taken for granted. So we'll see how we come out and play in Kentucky these next two days. And I think the plan is, are we going to have a, I would personally like to do another podcast maybe on Sunday after Kentucky game and get those fresh results. Yeah. If 100%. not early next week, um, Definitely. So we'll, we'll have the recap of the, the, the bluegrass classic. Um, and then, you know, start to talk about the other games on the calendar. Yeah, um, definitely. Anything else, Richmond, though. that you wanted to talk about? Not really. Um, no, I think I'm good. I do wish that fans would be there so we could have a couple beers at the Robin Center, but what can you do? Can't yeah. do it all. My, again, if, if, uh, and a large Sprite, of course. Right, large Sprite. It, 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 who was it? Pfizer, Moderna, Gilead. We need yeah, put, if everybody put them all in me. Through Whatever and, I have to do to see some basketball in person, just put them in me. I don't care. Yeah, right. The last time I was down in the Robin Center was uh, we played St. Louis in January 20, 2019. Or no, 2020, um, this year. And that was the game we lost at home um, to a good St. Louis team that's going to be good again. So it would be – I'm not expecting it. It would be amazing if I could get down to the Robin yeah, Center at some point in the spring neither. if it's safe and comfortable. Um, but – you know, we again, we've got to roll at the punches. And if I can tune in and watch basketball on my computer on the yeah. Richmond Spiders YouTube channel, I'm all right with it. I'll watch <laughs> it on my phone. I don't care. Any way I can watch it. All right. Um, I'm, so I'm excited. You want to wrap up a little bit with some, some basketball, some football? Yeah, um, let's do, let's do think, a, quick, uh, a quick hit. Yeah, I, look, I think we're late to the game here on the NBA bubble, but um, <laughs> just a little bit. Success. LeBron is the greatest of all time. I don't want to hear it from anybody. No yep, done. Mickey Mouse ring. You can say whatever you want. It's he over. won. He it's had the done. same. He, he had the same advantage, disadvantage as everybody else. Um, and they're gonna come back next year and look good. Uh, Dude, their roster so, uh, has improved so it's much. Good. It's crazy. It's good. And Perez I was just talking huge. about the West. is huge. I was talking about the Western Conference because everyone's talking about the Suns and Chris Paul going to the Suns. Get out of here with that. So great. Get out of here. Well, I was like, there's like 10 teams in the West Coast that I'd take over the uh, – or the Western the Conference Suns. that I'd take over the Suns. And the Warriors are one of them. I'm in San Francisco right now. Really stinks about Clay Thompson. Yeah. Um, I think, you know, Andrew Wiggins – Number one pick, Splash Brother in waiting. We'll see how that goes. Or Kelly yeah, Oubre. Kelly Oubre. Yeah, Kelly Oubre. Yeah. Oh, God. <laughs> Get out of here. Um, but, yeah, hey, you're, a, you're kind of a – I know you're a Nets fan, but you're a big LeBron guy. So, Bubble must have been fun for you to kind of watch all that unfold. Yeah, I mean, well, first, Laker guy first. I hated LeBron until he came, which was a huge mistake because yeah. I was wasting my time watching greatness and being mad at it. But, yeah, the Bubble was incredible <laughs> for me. Um, I actually – truly believe it is one of the most incredible things that has ever happened, not only in professional sports, but like ever, like the fact that they were able to put this together. I mean, they lost a ton of money doing it, but that's how much they care about their fans and the players. Um, And, you know, in terms of social justice stuff, I think it was great that the whole agreement was for these players to be able to promote what they wanted to promote with what was going on in the country. And, you know, with the stoppages and the boycotts, which was crazy, but, it ended up working out and I think it was a huge victory for them. And I think it just shows how the NBA is the most player first league. And also that Adam Silver 
is the best commissioner in any pro sport. So I just want to list yeah. that because I will, I will go to the edge of the earth to defend the NBA. As much as people want to shit on it, that the product's not good and college basketball is better. NBA is my favorite product to watch. That's final. It's the best. Yeah, no, and I'm one of those people, right? I don't shit on the NBA and say it's, it's a bad product. I'm still taking college basketball over the NBA. I'm still taking college football over the NBA. And I might still take NFL over the NBA. And I love the NBA, and maybe it's just because I, I don't have a team. Like, yeah. I've been a ca- – not a casual, but I've been a, um, a, an unbiased NBA fan for years because I never really caught on to the Wizards, right? So, yep. I, you know, I do think it, the whole regular season is still a little tough for me. But the bubble was awesome, like you said. I do want to give a plug to – uh, the Washington Post NBA columnist Ben Golliver is writing a book that I have on my list called Bubble Ball that's coming out in the spring. Check that out. Uh, I'm going to buy it. I've actually got it pre-ordered already, and that's going to be one of my must-reads of next year. Um, he was in the bubble for the entire, um, the entire time. But, yeah, like you said, it, it was crazy that it worked out, right, and that there were no – outside of, like, who was it, the Kings player that crossed the bubble to get pickup food and then – Lou Will Lemon Pepper, we all know how that went, right? There were a well, couple then we of had hiccups. um, uh, what was his name? The Rockets guy who hooked up with the COVID tester. Oh, yes, yes. Oh, that, I was, the, name. that was the best. That was my favorite yeah. story. In the bubble. Uh, oh my God, it's on my. It's um, not Daniel House. No. Oh, I gotta it, look. That it sounds up. like it could be right. <laughs> More great radio. Yeah, Daniel, House, right Daniel House. Daniel House. D A N U E L. I mean, that was Daniel. not my jaw dropped. Yeah. I, that was the most savage thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Uh, also, Ben so, Gall, one, one former coworker of mine. Oh, really? So, SI guy? Yeah, SI guy. Just shout out. Nice. Love that. Love that. Yeah. Um, one, one other quick thing on the bubble that I just wanted to bring up was I, I, I listened to the Tony, Cor- Tony Kornheiser podcast a lot. Shout out, Mr. Tony. You love, you love yet, Tony Kornheiser so much. I love Tony Kornheiser. I remember, didn't you go to one of his live him, shows? Yeah, yeah. I remember that. No, you love that guy. He sold the restaurant. The restaurant was not a profitable uh, institution. But I still listen to his podcast all the time. And he had nice. uh, Tim Bontemps on, who's the who's an NBA writer for ESPN. And he told a funny story that when he first checked into the bubble at the hotel, I think, you know, not the, not the nice yacht club one that LeBron was in, but the other one. <laughs> um, the, the receptionist is like, so we have you here for 78 nights? <laughs> and I was like, oh, my God. <laughs> Imagine being on the other end of that, being like, yeah, this is just something totally, totally normal that I'm doing in 2020. So um look i think my last thing on the nba is lakers should repeat in my opinion unless lebron decides it's time to to you know take it easy it's crazy no, that he's still not, you know that's not happening no no until, no it's not it's just crazy until that he still... retires he will be the best player on that team and the offense will go through him yeah it's insane that's fine so Dude, one the... thing about the bubble i gotta say too coverage watching espn at night with the svp he had tim legler on Man, Timmy Legs is not looking good these legs. days. I advise someone yeah, to watch. He is not looking great. The makeup is not not doing him any favors there. Love the well, guy, though. Well, He's great. His, his analyst is great. Not political, but you mentioned SVP. So after the election and, you know, the guy John King on CNN who's running the board and he's like, yep. you know, come down here, this county, there's a road that turns yeah, right, yeah, yeah. there's a church, a lot of People Democrat votes there. Um, no, he loved him, but – Scott had uh, Legler on his podcast to talk about just the concept of being the video board guy. Cause you know, Legler would do all those breakdowns. Yeah, with the iPad. And, like, yeah. yeah, they talked about the science of being the, the magic board guy, which is really cool. The um, science, but yeah, no bubble is crazy. Um, what, what's also crazy is how good the Colts are. 
Dude, which go. I know you I know. want to talk a lot of bit. So please, please convince me that the Colts are the best team in the AFC and that Phillip Rivers can actually win a playoff game in 2020. Well, that part, that part is the one thing I'm not sure about. <laughs> I think we are one of the strongest <laughs> all, all, all around teams in the NFL. Rivers makes me nervous. I got to say the first yeah. couple games, Rivers was Rivers, especially that Jacksonville game, those two picks at the end of the game, week one were brutal. Should have won that game. But, I mean, it's a battle for first place this week. We're going to see what happens. He's looked better the last two weeks, but I just don't know. I mean, he's not – I mean, obviously, he's not the future, so we'll see. I think he's done after this year. I don't know if Jacoby's the guy. I love Jacoby, my man. I don't know if he's the guy either. So, we'll see. I mean, the defense is just unbelievable. I mean, it's, it's just so good. Everyone is, everyone is good. Even Xavier Rhodes, who was, like, one of the worst-rated – safety cornerbacks last year for the Vikings comes over and he's incredible now. So, um, I mean, Buckner went on COVID IR today, so that's, that's a big yeah. hit for this week. Um, I feel like half Good hit the for my fantasy team for Derrick Henry is about to run all over him. <laughs> Dude, I feel like half the league is on COVID IR right now, but yeah. Um, talk about people who are not handling the season. Well, NFL, but I mean that Thanksgiving game getting canceled tomorrow sucks. Those other two games are yeah. horrific games. So well, yeah, yeah I got a legit. 930 and a, 9.30 and 1.30 games tomorrow here on the West Coast, which is going to be super yeah, interesting. That's, that's um, but one thing on the Colts, can you imagine how good they would be if Luck was playing this year? I know, but you know who is playing well? Molly Cox, shout out. Yes, shout out. <laughs> he, did, dude, he did, fumble, he did way, fumble last week, which wasn't great, but he's been, he's been solid. He's, like he's going be, to be legit. He's like 6'7", six, 6'6". Six, six, like he's no he's ginormous. He's ginormous. Dude, he looked like he was seven feet, 300 of muscle when we were, Dude, again, looks, standing next to that guy on the court. Yeah. He looks, <laughs> giant on t- he looks giant on TV too, but they're legit. I mean, what about a team like the Bucs, man? I don't, I don't know. They can't play in primetime. Brady's been struggling, but. I'm out. I, out. Look, I think Brady might still, Brady still might do, have some good games. I hope he does because, again, he's in my, on my fantasy team this week. I'm benching Lamar <laughs> for him, and we'll get into Lamar. Yeah, that's, um, But. <laughs> Brady, it, it, again, shout out my guy Barry McCockner because he's all over this. <laughs> I just don't think Brady has it. Like, you've got that such good wide receiving core, and all you can do is dump it down to Fournette or like throw over the middle to, to Gronk like twice a game. Um, offensive talent, they're good. I don't think the defense is as good as they let on at the beginning of the year. I don't think so. Um, I think JPP is the whole defense, which is crazy, but he's their best defensive player. The, right. And look, I think – the Bucks. I just think the Bucks on offense are only going to go as far as, as Brady could, can take them. And the NFC is really interesting, right? Because we won't even talk about the NFC East today. We'll get into that in another one. Um, but, I mean, what do you got? The Saints? The Saints. I, I was talking it. to someone today. I just traded for Taysom Hill in, my fantasy, in a fantasy league I had. Taysom Hill for I Cole Beasley. last week. Had to do it. Um, I had Joe Burrow. <laughs> Unfortunately, you yeah. know, that injury happened. Sucks. I'm a huge Burrow guy. I think he's the man. I think he is the guy to lead um, Cincinnati places. But nonetheless, I was talking to someone today and they were saying they think, I was like, oh, should I make this trade? Because, you know, Taysom's a rental for only two weeks. And uh, anonymous source says, I think this is what Peyton has wanted the whole time. I think he wanted a Breeze injury. I think he wants Taysom to be the guy. So even when Breeze is ready to come back, Taysom's the guy. My mind was blown on that, but then I started thinking about it. I'm like, wow, it kind of makes sense. Like, Breeze has not looked great this year. There's been games where it looks like he can't throw more than 10 yards. I know that now he has Michael Thomas back. It's going to be better because he can just throw slants to him all day, the slant king Michael Thomas. But the Saints (laughs) are good, though, besides that. I don't know. As much as I hate to admit it to my buddy Billy Rose, 
diehard Saints fan, but I think they're legit. I think them being the one seed is surprising. I saw their records eight and two, and I was like, I feel like they are worse than that, like record wise. But yeah, that division is not what we thought it was going to be. The Falcons are terrible. The Panthers are weirdly competitive, but just have a terrible record. So I don't know. We'll yeah. see. I mean, it's gonna. They beat the Bucks twice already, so it's looking good for them to be in first place, unless something crazy happens. The Saints. Uh, when you think about the Saints, and you think about Taysom. I mean, Taysom is the mold of the modern day NFL QB, right? I mean, Taysom is yep. maybe better on the ground than he is on in the air right now. He had that awful yeah, throw, that that like duck that sat. I think it was Emmanuel Sanders that like came back five yards to catch that. Yeah. Um, but. I mean, you think about the best quarterbacks in the league right now, Russell Wilson, Josh Allen, Mahomes. We'll keep Lamar in the conversation. I mean, all of these guys are are two-dimensional. Some of them are better runners than the other, but they all can run. And with Taysom being a weapon um, with, with on the ground just at normally, even if he wasn't a starting quarterback, I think he'll have plenty of success. I think they can still win games with him very, very easily. So, like, I think yep. the NFL – I think it's the Chiefs. I think it's the Steelers. I guess you could throw the Ravens in there. See, I don't know about the Steelers. I don't think the Steelers are legit. I'm bought in. I am bought in. I hope hope I'm I'm all takes exposed on that. I don't think they're (laughs) legit. I think they have a weak schedule. That division is just not that good this year. Somehow the Browns are 7-3. and makes no sense. The last two games I've watched, they have looked god-awful. And not almost as bad as Carson Wentz and your Philly boys did last week. They were god, god, god god-awful. I have no comment on that. I have no, I I have no comment on that other, other than it's a, it's a wash season for the Eagles. Putting Jalen Hurts in is not going to solve anything. That's not the he answer. A terrible pick. He, he was a terrible pick for the second round. I don't know if Wentz can be a, a, a quarterback that I have confidence in again, like he was that one year when he was on the MVP season. But yeah. it's and a lot of Eagles. Nick Nick Eagles if, we, if the Eagles make the playoffs, we're going to lose in the first round. And that's fine. And already, I think whoever comes cool. out of that division, I don't even need to talk whoever about. comes out of there is losing first round. I do think I weirdly am bought in on the Giants. I don't know why I'm bought in on the Giants for huh. some reason. But I'm I also think – on the football team. See, me too. I like Alex Smith a lot. Like, he has looked good. And somehow, um, something that makes no sense, how was Andy Dalton allowed to play in that game last week? He literally said, I can't, I, I can't taste, I can't smell. And he 100% still has a concussion. No idea how he played, but he also played great. Maybe the Cowboys are still in this. Who knows? It's a mess. That reminds me of when I was playing youth football, and one time our running back came back to the huddle after he got destroyed on like a, <laughs> a, a dive. And he came back and said, hey, are we on defense or offense? <laughs> and I was like, coach, let's get out of here. Um, oh my God. I, I didn't even know that Andy Dalton was actually playing, which is, which is really funny. Yeah, he balled um, I mean, but cause the, I almost not, said the Cousinses. Uh, the Vikings are terrible, too. So. The, well, they, they're, they're gonna, again, Cousins will take them as far. It, yeah. Again, you, you mentioned them. It hurts because Jefferson could have been an eagle. He should have been an eagle. He's playing great. Him and Thielen, I have – you know, varying amounts of them in my three fantasy teams. COVID list. Where I'm going to combine like 20, 23 and 12 in my three fantasy leagues, by the way. Don't, All right. Know. Shout out. It's good. I yeah, suck. Good I'm terrible. Football. I'm terrible. But I think one thing that shows just the Carson Wentz effect is that somehow Nelson Aguilar is now the best receiver in the NFL, apparently, on the Raiders. So, Although he had two terrible drops. Very, yeah, that's true. Very Aguilar. Two bad like, drops that they could have won that game. Someone put a picture up of Aguilar dropping a ball and then that guy in Philly who was like, we was catching babies, unlike Aguilar. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great clip. I had that. a picture. Dude, yeah, that's yeah, so great. It, it, of course, that, that's just classic. And what's great, our second round pick, we, we picked the guy over DK Metcalf, um, uh, JJ Arcega-Whiteside, was like a healthy scratch. He can't even, he can't even get on the field. I remember so, him. He again, is, he's been awful. 
We play them on Monday night. DK Metcalf's going to have 18 catches for 150 yards and two touchdowns. You can Did lock you see, it in, but that's going to happen. See, um, oh, I think it was SportsCenter posted. They were like, uh, is it time for the Eagles and Doug Peterson to bench Carson Wentz and play Jalen Hurts? And the first comment is DK Metcalf, all caps, yes. Next comment, DJ Dallas, <laughs> yes. So funny, just absolutely <laughs> trolling. Maybe they're pulling for their guy Jalen, but absolutely trolling the Eagles. I think that's going to be a murder. But, you know, speaking of the NFC North, where is uh, where's Kyle Lalletta at these days? Oh, yeah. Is he, is he it's going to be a installment. We had, we had uh, where's the ball in our, in our first installment. Now we're going to do where's Lalletta. So here's the thing. He was, on the, he was on the Giants. Then he was on the Eagles. Yep. Then he went to the Falcons practice squad. For like, I, for like I, a my guess sec. Is, my guess is going to be the Browns. Yeah, yeah, Browns, Browns practice squad. Nice. Maybe he was the same draft as Baker. No, is that right? Twenty-seven, twenty-eighteen. No, I think they. I thought Baker. No, twenty-eighteen. Baker was seventeen, right? Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Wait, maybe not. Ah, that sounds right. No, Baker was twenty-eighteen. You're right. Yeah, they were the same Same draft. draft. So I think the Browns are finally getting the guy they really wanted. So. Um, shout yeah. out Laletta. He, I think he'll be taking the job um, from Baker in a couple months. So, would love he, that because Baker is not doing it. He, he needs to just stick to the commercials and do that full time. Yeah, <laughs> dude, those commercials are awful. They, I am. They're terrible. I feel disgusted every time I watch that. But yeah, we'll have so, a lot more football to talk yeah. about uh, after after the yeah, Sunday and we got or, Richmond football in the spring too. Hopefully, we'll see. I again, to be honest, I need to do some research. I can't even tell yeah. you after all, all my I know guys. That we're, last, we're not good. All my leadership guys left. I had no idea. They're all killing it in the real world, by the way. Shout I, out Dale I Matthews. Can't. I got shout out Dale Matthews. Shout out Gerald. Shout out uh, J- Johnny Moore. Um, yeah. th- those are the boys. But yeah, I, I got no idea who we are now. So we'll, yeah, you know, me neither. Kind of. I don't think. I don't think we're, don't think we're very good though. So it doesn't matter that much. No, no. And to kind of to kind of wrap things up and, and again talk about the direction. So um, you know, like I said, Aggie and I did this as, as part of a project, part of just something we wanted to do. We love talking sports. We both love to talk, as you can tell. Uh, but I think we're going to yep. keep this thing going for a while. I don't know if we've got a, a goal or or a, a, an end that we're trying to reach. But yeah. I think I don't um, really have a goal. I don't care if no one listens. I'm we're doing it for ourselves, really. So if you listen and enjoy exactly. it, that's that's great. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing. We want to thank everybody who's got you know given us a chance to listen this far. I don't know how long we went, but um, I think we're like it, right at right on an hour, like 57 minutes. So nice. that's pretty solid. Nice. That's awesome. Yeah. So um, I think the people we're going to, what do you think we're going to get this out to the airwaves? I know you got to do some editing magic. Yeah. I'm hoping tomorrow. I, I it's still early. Nice. It's only nine 20 on the East coast. So I don't really have anything going on. I could play PS five until 4am again, but <laughs> probably would be better to get this out. Maybe it's out. Maybe it's out. You're listening to this on Thanksgiving after you're drunk and falling asleep from all the food you've eaten, or maybe you'll be listening Friday morning before the game. We'll see. Uh, well, I'll, uh, it'll be out. It'll be out. I'll, I'll, I'll yeah. tweet it out, Instagram it, I'll post everything, follow the Twitter account for everything else, updating the website. So we're going to be up and running. We're going to be on YouTube. We're going to have yeah. – you know, if you're watching this, you're probably watching it on YouTube or Twitter so, or Instagram. Yeah. But we're super excited. Um, just we're keep fun. your eye out. This will be, uh, yeah. this will be happening fun. every week for sure. Front underscore fanatics on Twitter. We're going to get our follows yep. up. Uh, the YouTube page, you know, we've got video on. We're not hiding from anything, so come at us. We want to get some guests on here or at least take questions uh, yep. for, for, you know, for some segments at the end. So 
please interact with us on those socials or hit us up directly. If you know us, I think we've got enough friends that might be tuning in. We'd love to get people on or just get your questions in. Um, but yeah, thanks again, everybody for listening. We're, we're really excited about this. We're going to, we're going to have this going as long as we're, you know, wearing masks outside and that might be another year. So who knows? Yep. <laughs> yeah. So we'll see. Um, slide in the DMs did have a question from this week. Uh, sorry, Connor, we didn't get to it. We will, uh, we'll start with the next week. You know what it is anyway. Early so. next week. We'll, re- we'll record it up and we'll do, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll gather at least five questions. We'll get like a little Q and A segment going. For sure. For sure. Awesome. Um, going to reach out to some people. Hopefully we get some, uh, some guests in here. We'll slide in the Twitter DMs. Maybe a former Richmond ESPN host will be on. Who knows? We'll see. Oh, we'll see. We'll give we'll any see. spoilers for that one. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I think I'm good. Evan, how about you? I'm good. I think that's going to do it for the reincarnation of the frontline fanatics podcast sponsored by absolutely no one. Again, if you yep. made it this far, thank you so much for listening in. We really appreciate it. Um, and we'll probably be back with another episode next week. We're going to try to do this weekly and, and the Twitter account's going to be up and running. So it's going to be an awesome season following spider sports and, catching up with you and talk with you every week, man. So thanks for hopping on and, and uh, we'll do this again soon. For sure. And roll spy. Roll spy, baby. Have a great Thanksgiving. Enjoy your turkey. We'll catch everybody next week. Peace out. Kendall going to take a fade away. Three is good and he fouled. Green set by Jerome. Oh! Anderson two more. Hands it off to Brothers. The long three. He switched it. The Spiders have a chance to win. Anthony for the lead. Trey Davis to inbound. Underneath the basket to TJ Klein. Who lays it up and in with 1.5 to go. Puts it on the deck. And fake shoots. Oh, oh, oh.